0: The following Mark's Daily Apple article was written by Mark Sissons and is narrated by Brock Armstrong. The Power of Words. How We Talk About Food. Last month, linguist Dan Jurafsky came out with a book called The Language of Food, A Linguist Reads the Menu. In it, he explores everything from language choices that distinguish cheap restaurant menus from more expensive ones to the kind of vowels marketers use in naming food products. For example, short vowels for crispy Ritz or Cheez-Its, or longer vowels for rich Jamocha or Almond Fudge. In another linguistically focused mindbender published last year, David Chen, a behavioral economist, found that people who spoke a language like English that was futured, a language that includes a distinct future tense through the use of helping verbs, for example, such as I will, blah, 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 as a whole, saved less money and practiced fewer lifestyle behaviors that supported future health than societies whose languages don't have a future tense generally collapsing it in with the present tense, as German does. It's the kind of seemingly irrelevant detail that ultimately stuns in its demonstration of how subtle cultural and linguistic patterns really do pervade our collective thinking and communication in ways we're wholly unaware of. As Chen himself was quoted, Why is it that we allow subtle nudges of our language to affect our decision-making? If details as understated as those mentioned can apparently hold sway over our thinking, what about the more obvious blasts of influence? Regardless of your thoughts about the above research, clearly, how we talk about food affects our relationship to it. Sure, it works on a societal level. Consider the common phrasing we're all exposed to every day, such as the snack attack, cheat day, or guilty pleasure. What about treating yourself? What about king size? On a branded note, what about a Happy Meal or Weight Watchers? Am I the only one who looks at this name and is bothered by the seeming identification with unrelenting vigilance? Let alone part of a well-balanced diet? (laughs) What phrases am I missing here? While we may over time disown those phrases from our own vocabulary, do they ever wholly lose their influence? What lingers longer than we'd care to admit? Simultaneously, I'm curious about how our penchant for measuring, quantifying, and thereby justifying our food impacts our perception. Beyond the screaming labels defining snack size or guilt-free, my personal favorite, there are the charts and lists themselves. The numbers and RDA percentages parsed out in grids that should help us make the best decisions. While the fresh, unpackaged food generally doesn't carry such labels, the concept, I'd argue, is part of our consciousness. On some level, it all runs together in our minds. What's the impact of viewing food through a nutritional grid? While it's not exactly the nudges of language, there's a message. Whether it's the lengthy ingredient list and nutritional charts on food packaging, never before have we had so much technical information about our food in the sense that our knowledge of it has become so stunningly intellectualized. We know the breakdown of calories and fat grams and vitamin percentages. What does it mean for our relationship to that food, or to food in general, when much of our understanding of it is encapsulated by technical charts? in addition to marketing label clicks. The irony of this intellectualization, and probably the explanation for it, is that we've never been so disconnected from our food. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there's the farm-to-table movement in all its variations. CSAs, cow shares, community gardens, homesteading, farm-sourced restaurants, etc. On a humorous note, I think of a Portlandia episode – the only one I believe I've ever watched, that took a joking stab at how much intimate detail about animals' personal lifestyles a farm-sourced restaurant should be able to offer its diners. Perhaps wanting to believe our food has been coddled with unmatched care is an inevitable reaction to the standard of viewing food as an engineered product, easily broken down into quantifiable nutritional equations and pre-packaged portions. As idiosyncratic as it is, it's an improvement in the big picture, despite the available humor. For our ancestors, their food was their immediate environment. They saw their leaves, fruits, and tuber greens growing amid the vegetation of their everyday landscape. They knew exactly how their meat sources lived, because they shared the same general territory. They observed these herds intently passed on stories of the animals' migrations, and even painted pictures of them on cave walls. They tracked and, on unfortunate occasion, stepped in the scat every day. Or, maybe, collecting it for burning. There wasn't likely much sentimentality, but there was an intimate knowing. Even then, it wasn't about source, specifically. Seriously, how many sources were there? It wasn't a matter of choice or grade, but proximity, There was no sense of calories, macro or micronutrients. Is our thinking in objective measurements eventually our modern distortion, like the marketing claims or mental games of treating ourselves? What other subtle linguistic or even seemingly scientific influences might be holding us back in some unrecognizable way? However much we know about what we eat, how we talk about our eating itself introduces new, perhaps half-unconscious layers to the question of mindset. Knowledge, it seems, may not always trump our associations. Thanks for listening today, everyone. What are your thoughts about how we talk about food and eating? How has your language around food changed in obvious or subtle ways since going primal? Have a good end to the week. Primal listeners, here's a quick health tip for you. Most Primal Paleo-oriented health professionals agree that supplementing with pharmaceutical-grade fish oil is an easy way to help you achieve peak health. Omega-3s support a healthy immune system, pain-free flexible joints, brain and nerve health, and serve as nature's anti-inflammatory fats that can help keep chronic inflammation in check. Primal Nutrition's Vital Omegas are the highest quality source of the essential fatty acids DHA and EPA concentrated and refined to the highest levels of purity and packaged in easy-to-swallow capsules. Order three bottles and get one free at PrimalBlueprint.com.